0: i uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: To Spider Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider Man, one ring announcing minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm
2: Zach Luna. And I'm Paul Montgomery.
1: Welcome back, Paul.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. This has been great. Uh, today we are talking about minute 38, which starts with uh, a three count and ends with uh, the reciting of legal copy. <laughs> Very um, thorough. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so first off, um, you know, it's important that, uh, we, we, we introduce our, our friend and yours, uh, Bruce Campbell, <laughs> uh-huh. um, as the ring announcer. And, you know, Bruce Campbell, of course, uh, being best friends with, uh, Sam Raimi, you know, yeah. having sort of like grown up together and, uh, did the, uh, you know, they, d- he did the early short films with Sam, mm-hmm. uh, as well as, um, the evil dead, uh, series and, uh, bit parts, I believe in crime wave and dark man. Yeah. Um, But, uh, you know, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man trilogy, you know, he has a role in each of them. And I want to say, you know, before we started this, I was excited because I wanted to like sort of talk about, you know, the, the conspiracy theory that I had had about Bruce Campbell in these (laughs) films and, uh, you know, that I had had since this first one, I always thought, ah, wouldn't it be neat if. Because, you know, going into this, I was a huge Sam Raimi fan and a huge fan of the Evil Dead movies. And, you know, I had read If Chins Could Kill Uh uh, when it was first released. Um, So that was, I believe that was previous uh, to this uh, coming out. Uh And so I I knew Bruce Campbell. I knew about his relationship with Sam. And so I had always thought like, oh, wouldn't it be neat? And as we... Got later sequels, this sort of, wouldn't it be neat, sort of became this conspiracy theory for me. And then <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait to get into this. Only right before we started, new uh, new uh, elements of the abandoned Spider-Man 4 were released, including storyboards that revealed that that conspiracy theory was actually true. Uh, In that Bruce Campbell was indeed playing Quentin Beck here. What? uh, And would be revealed to be Mysterio in the fourth film. Ha! There's actually storyboards where uh, Spider-Man is bringing Mysterio into a police station and they unmask the fishbowl. And it is Bruce Campbell under the fishbowl.
2: So he was a a minor villain. He wasn't the... Right.
1: Oh, yeah, he right. was uh, he he was like the, uh, you know, the opening James Bond cold open gotcha. villain gotcha. of the of, of Spider-Man four. Um, <laughs> but it was going to be the guy. It was going to be the ring announcer here. The, the usher in the second film and the the maitre d' in the third film was all going to be the same guy Quentin Beck. AKA Mysterio.
2: Mysterio that goes in the hall of just amazing missed opportunities or almost wases. Um, ah. like I remember in the uh, I, don't, I don't know who would I guess I don't know if it would have been Schumacher but in that Batman run that series we were supposed mm-hmm. to get Jeff Goldblum as Scarecrow.
1: Yes, I remember. Yeah, it. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is Scarecrow, and Courtney Love is Harley Quinn. That was going to be the next oh Batman. I movie. hadn't heard
2: that one, but i but I actually know yeah. it. I, Harley Quinn sounds. Familiar. I didn't remember if they had casting, casting. ideas for yeah. it, but and I don't even know where I would have read that at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but like I remember Jeff Goldblum is Scarecrow. That sounds awesome. Like, and especially like back then when when I was younger, I was like, man, Scarecrow. That's going to be so messed up. And like, <laughs> I know. Uh, Which is like, and it's like not exactly what I want from a Batman film anymore. But like, yeah. well, even still, like, if you're gonna do Scarecrow, that like that sounds kind of dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then, of course, you know, you've got stuff like Nick Cage's Superman, Superman. yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, Doom. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but but yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting knowing that that's what this was building toward, and I love it as a. You know, he wanted to make the fourth film like the unofficial conclusion to uh, a quote-unquote real trilogy because Raimi you know, hates the third movie as much as <laughs> yeah. as much as a lot of people do. Yeah. Um. And and so he wanted to make a fourth film that was really like the conclusion to to his trilogy. trilogy. Yeah. Um. And and so the idea of of bringing Bruce Campbell back and making him like revealing him as Mysterio Dude, and that he was uh, quitting back the
2: whole time. That's just, that's so, <laughs> the main that's villain so cool. would have been in that or um, uh, the, vulture. the vulture. Yeah. Vulture. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Yeah.
1: It would have been, it would have been the vulture uh, and black cat was also in it. Yeah. Nice. Um, but in this, in this version, she was going to be
2: um, the, the, the daughter, daughter of, of the
0: vulture. The...
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd watch um, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um,
2: So it's weird that now in 2017, we're going to get a Vulture movie, and they're talking about doing that Silver Sable and Black Black Cat movie. movie, Yeah. Which (laughs) is so bizarre, but
0: it's very strange. When you got producers that have been around since then, they're going to keep keep knocking at those ideas as best they can. So. True. Yeah.
1: So. And, and, you know, you never know, like, yeah. you know, this, this show is going to be an evergreen show. And yeah. three years from now, when that movie is out and people are listening to this, they <laughs> might be laughing at us and being like, ha, you didn't know how good that movie was going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows, or they're laughing at me saying this now because they know the other version of the truth. Right. Like, so well, yeah, they made
2: that movie or they never made that movie, you know, right. <laughs> or they never made that movie. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> Probably more accurate. <laughs> but but going um, back to the, but going back to the mysterio thing just real quick, that I remember yeah. that that was also a, just a really exciting time, like when this movie came out and then thinking about, okay, what's Spider-Man 2 gonna be? And yeah. um that idea of I always love that idea of the um the James Bond sort of cold open kind of deal with like using some of the you know the B or C tier villains.
0: Yeah, and I was like,
2: "That's a, that would be a great place for Rhino." You know, like you don't want to have Rhino mm-hmm. be like the, like the, the main, main villain or anything like that, or even like like a um, like Bane in Batman uh, Forever. Yeah, uh, or Batman and Robin, excuse me. Right, um, right, But um, you you could do that in a cold open and just have like this great set piece, and then Spider Man taking them down. And yeah. I remember. Back at that point thinking, wouldn't it be awesome if like we ever got to a point where they did superhero team up movies and it was, like <laughs> it would be so cool because to see Spider-Man web slinging and you're going to talk about that's one of the last minutes you're going to be talking about with this film. Uh-huh. Um, just how amazing that stuff looks and like imagine him with the Hulk,
0: <sighs> you know, and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah.
2: that would be wild. It's never going to happen. Yeah. But, like that would be awesome. And you know, so like now we're in a place where we're getting movies where, you know, Hulk and Thor are going to be in a movie together in yeah, sort of right? a buddy romp, a movie. celestial and,
0: buddy romp movie, and with oh Jeff oh Goldblum in it's, it. Yeah,
2: yeah, with Jeff Goldblum. So we can't. <laughs> yeah. <also.
0: laughs> um, yeah, it's amazing. I I mean, uh, not to not to talk too out of um, out of time about it because we will get to this either on a weekend edition or years from now uh, when we go in the order of the movies. But the idea of the airport scene in civil war, even like five years previous would have been unthinkable. The idea that you yep. could have all of those characters crashing into each other and Spider-Man show up in a, in a movie and fight giant man. Like that's insane. Yeah. That's amazing. And uh, I don't know I just feel, feel blessed to, to be able to see things like that. Even if, you know, the, I can I can have plenty of quibbles about uh, a lot of things that are happening in current superhero movies. But the fact that we do have a landscape where superhero movies get well funded and get a lot of uh, attention uh, is just a dream I had as a child that I'm still very excited to be living at. And this is what I remember. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I remember with, um, you know, like, Spider-Man having a team-up moment with War Machine, and I'm like, oh my god, like, what am I saying? <laughs> but, and, I, and yeah, and I don't want to, like, be the thing where it's like, we should be, you know, you should be happy you're getting these movies at all, you know, like, no, no, yeah. but, like, that that movie is also, I really like that movie a lot, and, yeah. uh, and I yeah. like this movie a lot, so... Um, Campbell first Campbell yeah
1: I mean I think there's there, there's definitely uh upsides to both you know like when when you look at these earlier superhero movies it's sort of what Warner Brothers claimed they were trying to do with the DC universe where they were like, we're, we're, we're a filmmaker studio and we're going to let the filmmakers make the movie they want to make. And we're not going to worry about how everything works across the universe. We're not going to pull a Marvel and, and make everything sort of have a house style. We're going to let the filmmakers do whatever they want. Um, only to quickly abandon that, uh, (laughs) like after like the second movie, um, (laughs) And, uh, and, and, but you know, there is something to be said about that argument. And, and I like, I, I do like this world being in and of itself there, there, there's something kind of cool about that. And, and, you know, in today's day and age, it's, it's outdated Mm -hmm. and I don't think we're, I doubt we're ever going to go back to that world, um, anytime soon, but, uh, if ever, Mm -hmm. but it is, uh, you know, it's nice looking back at this simpler time of just watching Spider-Man movies. Yeah, um, yeah. to a certain extent, I yeah. like. There's just it, it. It revisiting that world. Uh, I'm. I, I. really like it, and I. I like looking at these films and seeing um, the positives of that style of that superhero approach. Making. Yeah, yeah, yeah that sort approach. Insular,
0: exactly. um, you know, quieter. Not quieter. I mean, these are big. You know, intense movies, but I, I just mean that if the scale of it is more personal feeling to a certain degree, when it's mm-hmm. just his story and just his little world here. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is it. This is it kicking into high weird gear here. I mean, we got this, <laughs> I, what did we call it yesterday? The, this like ego driven world that he's entered into in the, um uh the wrestling ring uh, where he's going to be indulgent for a bit. uh Like we're, we're in the weird uh Sam Raimi land at this point. I'm just excited excited mm-hmm. that we made it. Um this is a a weird fun thing and Bruce Campbell is selling the crud out of it. I mean, he is just
2: uh You know, it's it's yeah. not as heightened as it could be. Sure given mm-hmm. all of the things. Like it's uh-huh. like they could go much crazier with this, especially in the world of professional wrestling. Like, fair, yeah. This would probably be like, like uh, talked previously. This, you know, the indie wrestling scene. Pro- you know, you probably wouldn't have had as big of characters like Bonesaw. Like usually in that scene, the guys just go by their regular <laughs> names or a made up, like regular, regular name,
0: yeah, last name. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and not so much with the the huge over the top characters, but again, they're they're kind of basing this off of the Attitude Era when everything was crazy and like it's <laughs> it's kind of weird seeing guys at an indie wrestling uh, show with like big cutout saws and like doing <laughs> that's still fun. I, like I can't, uh, I, can't and I, yeah, them I love
1: that. I I love the world building. It, yeah, it of that. it feels like
2: lived in and yeah, yeah
1: like the, the fact that bonesaw like oh a thing that you do when you go to bonesaw shows you bring a you bring a cardboard saw and you saw your arm like you're sawing bones like there there's something really cool about that sense of world building and i and i also you know i love bone saws uh like sort of nicknames is that what you would say what you would call that the 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 turns of phrase um Uh uh you know you have uh quentin beck here referring to him as uh the Titan of Testosterone, and then there's a there's a sign out in the audience that calls him the master of disaster uh, yeah. I just I love both of those and and the the cardboard saws i just I love this whole concept of you know they're they're like we don't we bonesaw is such a runaway success for this little indie wrestling circuit mm-hmm. that they don't even need other wrestlers like who, people <laughs> will come to us like we don't right. need anyone else it's fine uh, yeah but the, you favorite, know a lot of wrestlers yeah, have yeah.
2: that where it's like like I'm oh, sorry square like triple no. h is like he's either hunter hearst hemsley he's triple h mm-hmm. he's the game mm-hmm. um you know he's uh it uh, stings got like the icon, like, oh. um, rest in wrestling. Like, they love like naming things and yeah. you know, coming up with really colorful names for moves and stuff. So, there's probably a really great name for his flying elbow drop. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's probably something, something with like, bone in it, yeah. something playing <laughs> on bone, or like, so. And that's the other thing, like. it's kind of restrained, Um, you know, uh, you're going to talk about more like cartoonish, like spider uh, wrestling later on. Mm -hmm. But um, like, this is Sam Raimi. I was, uh, you know, I I, I was going to say I was expecting, but at that point, I probably wasn't expecting. I didn't know Raimi enough to have said this, but Uh looking back, you know, might have expected more like, body horror from like, like have <laughs> actual like, like bones going out of joint or something like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this like, is kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's on it's on the fun side. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is something just so gloriously, uh, I don't know, some, some sort of id machismo thing about like the minute that uh, Quentin says, you know, Titan of testosterone and points over to him and there's just like a horde of ladies just oiling him up. The like bonnets, the bonnets, yeah. <laughs> that, that image is just so charming in, in a way. Like,
2: and all of those <laughs> women were from a show called Women of Wrestling, which oh. aired from 2000 to 2001. Uh huh. Um, and those mostly models, um, as is sometimes the case with women wrestlers, uh. Mm-hmm these days 2016 2017 um there are a lot of great athletes in the in the women's division and they're getting to headline shows and stuff and they're awesome yeah. um back then it was more and more that you would have like um you know a model uh come in and or like a um uh, how to how i don't know how to say uh like uh bodybuilding oh sure like, yeah. model, mm-hmm. like to come mm-hmm. in and they would do a little bit of wrestling but it was it was more about the character stuff or being right. a valet to the other uh to the to the male wrestlers and stuff so um but yeah these were all apparently they just said hey women of wrestling cast come on out and and do this and that's that's how they found their their boneats for uh for bone saw <laughs> here and it's just but that that's very much a you know late 90s early 2000s thing to have a bunch of valets um uh, in fact, uh, one of, one of his last actual like WCW and, uh, TNA personas was more of like a pimp <laughs> character. Um, um, it's not well remembered, uh, for, for good reason, but, sure, um, yeah. at that, at that point he was really putting the, uh, the burnt cork onto his face to make like fake goatees and stuff. And, um, <laughs> he was looking very Botoxed, uh. But yeah, so it, it wasn't the macho man of old. He was trying something a little bit new and it was only for a couple years, but this sort of fits into that. But yeah. at least he's got the crazy macho man hair, uh, which, mm-hmm. I, which I love. So and I, and I uh, love I, uh, I love the gold suit on. Sorry, I'm I was just going to say we've yeah. got to talk about about the gold
1: like uh, alligator skin <laughs> coat that he's wearing. I, that is it looks great. Oh, man. And it's got it's got the stripes in it. And it's uh-uh. it is. That is a flashy jacket.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm getting that Oakley tie-in on those sunglasses, too, to make sure that... <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, totally.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. it's just... It's beautiful. It's, you know... It's, it might not be pretty but it is beautiful that's just how i feel Absolutely. about this whole like scene. i want
2: to i want to yeah. see the the yeah. netflix series of what and i can't make out what it says on the Mike cube and on the the mat is it like nail or like i don't know what yeah. the wrestling league is called right In the comics it looks, it's just it, called wrestling league but, yeah yeah um it but anyways what, like it just
1: it says like ww or something like a like yeah, yeah okay. something i don't know, I don't know It wrestling. just looks like it. a bunch of squigg like a squiggly line so it's just, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> it could be several letters just sort of mashed together who knows
0: yeah but yeah, i would love to see what their actual broadcasts look like uh mm-hmm. and what they're what they're up to because it's wild here's the thing that i think breaks the the universe of how i understand wrestling the most um <laughs> if, if we kick if we kick out away from dear dear quentin for a bit and then at, see the line of um of people signing up to do these this three minutes in the ring this mm-hmm. yep. seems beyond the pale as an actual methodology of getting wrestlers in the ring right i mean is that crazy well, this is me? this yeah. is this
2: would be a this would be a like this these aren't wrestlers and so this would be like a gimmick for like one bit of the show Uh but even then and you know it's i don't know what the standards were at that point there's always been murky stuff and particularly in the underground stuff Uh but you would think in new york and with this production level They, you'd need to get a physical. Like they had a thing in mm-hmm. WWE where they like it. They always have like a I don't know like a Mountain Dew sponsored thing where they pick somebody out at um, some other wrestling show and say, Hey, do you want to come to WrestleMania? And, uh, you, all you have to do is get like power by Ryback or something. And in order to even do that on the day, you have to get like a physical and mm-hmm. sign all this stuff. And it's just one wrestling move where the guy is basically not doing the full on move, but yeah. like doing a softer version of it. And it's mm-hmm. not even on the main show. Wow. It's on a side thing at their convention. And, Um, That they do during WrestleMania week and then they get like a a front row seat and they have to wear a Mountain Dew shirt, you know, or whatever it is. Um, But like they have to go through all these, you know, hoops to even get a civilian in the ring. And usually when you have a civilian in the ring, it's not a real civilian. It's like someone, a wrestler. Yeah, like an that, that, that people just don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, they've right. done that several times, but
1: yeah, I I don't know that this is entirely on the up and up. Um, <laughs> it it seems uh uh you know based on Octavia Spencer.
2: Uh, I was like, whoa, Octavia Spencer, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: They, this movie, they, like these these series of movies, have so many actors that you're like, really,
2: Unlike Flash like Flash Thompson, the,
1: yeah. yeah, right, or in yeah. uh, uh uh Betty Brand, Betty Brand, um, yeah, Elizabeth
0: yeah. Banks. Uh, right. Yes. yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, So. but yeah, so Octavia Spencer here, you know, she, it seems to be, it seems as though they're playing by Six Flags rules, which is <laughs> you're riding this roller coaster, like on your own <laughs> volition. And yeah. like, if you get on the roller coaster, that is consent and you cannot sue us. Um, <laughs> uh, that seems to be what they're riding on. And um, yeah. I don't, that doesn't seem like a smart move. <laughs> yeah. guys. <laughs> like there have been fast huge
0: and lawsuits. <laughs> yeah. um,
2: there are huge lawsuits and scandals about you know guys who were civilians or whatever who have gotten in the like that's that's an ecw thing and that was a very different vibe than what this is yeah wow. um ecw's philly uh and gotcha. uh was was insane and um <laughs> Like that people like legitimately that's the stuff where you hear about like taking a razor blade and you know cool oh, yeah. you know oh, cutting your the, your forehead. Like the wrestler. Yeah, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And this looks like it's it's just in this weird between space where it looks a little bit too legit for them to be doing this. But I do love the the production design here uh, uh-huh. with the uh, the broken up peanut shells on the table.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and yeah. Stuff.
2: And like all the guys in like weird costumes. Yeah, uh, which uh-huh. definitely feels very much like New York wrestling scene where a guy would show up and like there's a guy with like a weird like like Russian hat and like. <laughs> Uh, like costumes and this like, they're basically cosplaying and yeah, they're
0: all glittered up. And you know, just,
1: uh, uh, just before that shot of the people in line, there's a, a nice establishing shot of the whole ring and the whole uh-huh. audience. Where you can and see there's the a cup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You get a foreshadowing of the cage, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, but but one, one of the things that I love about, about that particular shot is it's a really good example of what production design really does yeah, because you know, everything sort of feeds into everything else because you have, you have a very distinct like yellow lighting onto the, onto the mat, Mm -hmm. which is in the ring and with, which has yellow bands around it and you've got, his yellow jacket and you've got the, the wrestlers and the, the bonettes in black. Yeah. Um, and then you have that lead up to the lights with the green and everything. So you have these very like yellow green colors right there in the center and all around the audience. It's all blue lighting to the point where they've obviously asked, and we'll have to ask, um, our guest next week, who is an extra in this scene. Oh, awesome. uh they th- it looks like they have told their audience you wear navy white or black because yeah. those will look the best under the blue lighting so that you all sort of fade into this blue light mass yeah mass yeah. and it's it's just it's really like you're looking at this and you're like this is all of the things that go into making a scene like this. Like when people talk about color theory in Mm -hmm. film, this Mm -hmm. is what they're talking about. This is the work that goes into that sort of thing. And it's like, and it's a thing that you don't really think about when you're just watching the movie. But when you're Mm -hmm. looking at this frame frozen and you're like, why does this work the way that it is? And you just start breaking it down. It's really kind of amazing. The pieces that are, that are all put together in just this one establishing shot of this scene.
0: Yeah. It's incredible. It's it, yeah. it just makes me excited about movies. Uh, yes. What, a, what an <laughs> audacious process it is to make them and how absolutely how great it is that people do. Uh, it's so yeah. fun. I love um, this. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good stuff.
2: And the, uh, the other <laughs> exciting thing about it from just from a, a wrestling standpoint is the, the power of, of a live show and everything that goes into, mm-hmm. you know, putting on a live production like this and anything can go wrong at any time. And there's all these moving pieces and stuff. And but it's creating mm-hmm. spectacle and it's, you know, modern bread and circus and mm-hmm. um, telling little short stories um, mm-hmm. that you kind of seed throughout the circuit like around town yeah. uh, around different towns excuse me um and so it's like you get a, like little dribs and drabs of it and then you get the big televised stuff and i don't i mean i would love to see like i wish they did like a like what this actually would look like if they shot it like and i don't know how like they're saying they're distributing this is like is it just live shows or no. are they you know, obviously with the level of spectacle, you'd think that they would tape it and then air it somewhere. Yeah. Or like, I just imagine people running around with like PD one seventies and <laughs> the, the, the DV tapes and, and shooting yeah. this stuff old school. Cause that's how they did it with ECW back in around that period or a little bit before. Yeah. And, um, like, was this like something like underground where it was like, you got like, like DVDs that you burnt and then like passed them around like mixtapes or something. Um, yeah. Or like, was it something that aired on like uh, public access television or something? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. You know, at like three o'clock in the morning. Um, or was it like a like this, this? This would air on like TNT or like some crazy you know cable channel and was a big deal.
0: Yeah.
2: Um So it's uh, it, it's it's a neat a little peek into the, the wrestling world for this, this sequence. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I have to, so I want to go through all of these wrestlers waiting in line. Okay. Or mm-hmm. would be wrestlers or what <laughs> okay. happened. So, so right behind, um, right behind, uh, Peter, it looks like there's someone with long hair that I can't really tell what their deal is. Cause they're covered by who I can only imagine is tuxedo mask. um, I, th- I think <laughs> this guy, he's wearing like sort of like it looks like he's wearing tails, yeah, um, <laughs> with like,
0: like a satin thing, yeah,
1: yeah, with like a satin thing. It makes me think of tuxedo mask. <laughs> um, but you've got a you've got a Mexican wrestler you're, um, you're behind somebody, him. yeah, you're uh, gladiator. This, this guy here between the gladiator and like the Russian guy, yeah, um, is that is this supposed to be like a Craven the Hunter? Deal, I'm getting Maybe. like
2: a caveman
1: or something. Yeah. Oh, caveman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Like, and I think there's a cowboy the head or something. Like, like, but, but, you're
2: yeah. You're forgetting that. You're forgetting this. This uh, the face Insane mask clown posse dude. Face paint. in front yeah. of the luchador. Yeah. He's oh, got, I got, I got a white him, face man. paint with a black star, and that's very this period. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's they're all there, man.
2: Yeah, and I like. I, It's there's like a caveman,
0: or it might be there's a
2: puka shells on his arm. Yeah, Yeah, he's got puka shells on his arm.
1: (laughs) That's also very now puka shells. (laughs) Yeah.
0: i don't know it's a great little lineup that they have there and i think yeah. guy at the very very back has some sort of hat on i mean we talked about weird well there's a native
1: mat. american too oh um, okay when the yeah. caveman sort of like he sort of shifts his weight you reveal the the native american guy oh, with like you're the right headdress yeah. and everything oh he definitely
0: yeah. has the the pain on his face and everything yeah and yeah at the very back of the line uh, I think. and he's i got say a I,
1: I say native american i should say native american inspired cause oh boy th- he's I I doubt he is uh, actually a Native American. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most likely not. Uh, yeah, he's
0: wearing that culture as a costume, that's for sure. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: they all are. They all are. <laughs>
2: uh, oh, see. Boy. So that's, you get $3,000 for three minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's well, New, I, guess, New I mean, North I assume that. The- yeah,
2: I got. I got yeah. a. I got a look at the uh, the Mike Cube, and it's a it's NYWL, so New York Wrestling League.
1: New York. Oh, Wrestling okay. League. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Uh. Um. But yeah, I mean the cons the 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 concept of three thousand dollars for three minutes. I mean the thought process is that they believe that no one will be able to make it to three minutes. Right. Uh, and so it doesn't matter what they offer because they're never going to have to pay out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs>
0: But it's still—I mean, it's a huge—it's um, a huge amount of money. Have you have you done? I don't know where to do like the math on this because um, I know in nineteen sixty, what is it? Two? The Amazing Fantasy fifteen came out—the um, debut of Spider Man. Uh, the, the original prize when he fought Crusher Hogan was a hundred dollars. Um, mm-hmm. But like, what would that be in two thousand two dollars uh, at this point? You know, like I don't—I think I don't three thousand still seems like way more. Um, than that. Um, than just oh, totally. the prize since then. A yeah, big-
1: Well, I mean, I guess, I guess the idea would be that if you could somehow beat Bonesaw McGraw then they'd be glad to pay you the three thousand dollars and offer you a slot on the tour,
0: right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because yeah, because I assume I mean Bonesaw, I'm sure p- gets paid more than that. Yeah. Um, being the sort of star of the show, apparently.
2: Uh, where, at this, where, at this which... production level, yeah, yeah. Um, for the scene, it just seems weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you think of the the wrestler is what it you know the like you mentioned the Darren Aronofsky thing. That's what it mm-hmm. sort of should be. Like I kind of want to see like that movie, but just about Peter Parker, like that point <laughs> in his career, but just like that brutal and grounded and just like brown and just sad. <laughs> oh,
0: like, yeah. Uh, I, I just checked, uh, there's, I mean, a, a sort of crappy online uh, calculator. Uh-huh. But So like the original amount um, from the uh, origin comic of Spider-Man, that $100 would be not even $1,000 in yeah. 2002. So it is, they really bumped up the, um, the stakes here.
1: Yeah, well he wanted to buy a car. So they yeah. they had to, he it had to be enough money to believably buy a car.
0: A used car. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a yeah. used car. Which works. Um, um it's, it's sort it's sort <laughs> of It sort of works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I the, mean the, no, you know, the, I mean well not dollars. I don't know. I feel
0: like if you're not pausing the movie a minute at a time to have a 30-minute conversation, it probably works fine <laughs> when you're just, like, s- skating past it. <laughs> the right. minute we sort of, like, think about it a little too much, we're like,
1: mm, really? Really? Yeah. So have you
2: guys already talked about the car scene? Have we seen the, the car? Like, fl- like yes. Flash's car? Is, that, is yeah, it flashes. a traveler?
1: Yes. Yeah, um, I seem to
2: remember it was like a prowler or something. And then like Peter was looking in the newspaper for a car.
1: Yeah. 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 That was last week. Uh, okay. and, and he ends up finding an ad for, uh, it says $3,000 and you can drive it off the lot. Yes. And we, we surmise that he's actually, he thinks that he's going to buy a car for $3,000, but in yes. reality, it's just a $3,000 down payment. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cause I think it's, um, I should have looked up the actual model of a vehicle that he's looking at. At least the one, whose like headlights kind of drive out of Mary Jane's head in his little like fantasy moment where oh, he's like right. sitting there contemplating it. The car just sort right. of like, pops out of the screen. Um,
2: yeah, he can get Two thousand two. He could get a decent used car for yeah, 3000 yeah.
0: but
1: probably, not a sports,
0: but car, not a sports
2: car like that. Right, yeah,
0: right. You know, he could get a Civic or something. But uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. He's gonna get that. That hot hot thing. Um
1: so give a so dodge Octavia, lancer. Yeah. Octavia Spencer, um mm. it's it surprised me that she was an actress this long ago. Yeah. And apparently I guess she had just been doing like super minor roles for a long time until right. was it the help? Was that the first the thing was her that was like, Oh, TV is Yeah. cause yeah. yeah. she'd been yeah. around. I mean, she moved to LA in 1997.
0: Um, uh, she used, she used to live in Montgomery, Alabama and she went to Auburn university. And I think that's where she met, uh, a director Tate Taylor who she worked with later. But, um, uh, basically her friend Tate Taylor, who is a director advised her to move to Los Angeles and try to work as an actor. And she, um, she made her, her debut in a Joel Schumacher movie called a time to kill, like a John Grisham adaptation, you know, detective movie. Mm. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because she, she, she worked in casting originally as a casting associate and then like would ask directors if she could audition for things and then got a, a couple of those roles that way under her belt mm. and then just went out on auditioning. Things. So she, had like little things here like big mama's house and bad Santa. And she was on CSI and you know, wizard ER and 30 rock, you know, just little things for a while. But then her really big thing when people were like, Oh my God, Octavia Spencer, what an amazing actor. That same friend of hers, Tate Taylor that she met, um, at Auburn, I believe, uh, got the job to adapt the help, um, the novel into a, into motion picture and he cast Octavia in that movie. And then she won the Academy award, the Glo- golden globe, the SAG award, the BAFTA and the critics choice oh, award man. for that best seven I years just... ago. Uh, man. Yeah. 2011. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and then since then she's been in, you know, she was in Fruitville station and she was in, uh, snow piercer mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. I mean, she's now like a force to be reckoned with the, the, the big thing these days is she just was in, um, Hidden Figures. Uh, and Fantastic. The end of 2000, 2000, 2000, which is just incredible. Um, I love her, but clearly she's always been a powerhouse performer and a really great character actress. Um, mm-hmm. You just need the right um, material to showcase yourself. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. since being around since 1997 and then just sort of exploded in 2011.
1: And I, I yeah. like that she started out as a, as a, as a casting assistant or casting yeah. director. Cause yeah. like, I,
2: basically what she's doing here. So she <laughs> yeah. is a check-in girl.
1: Right. Oh, she's exactly. so far in her comfort zone in this and you oh, can yeah. just feel yeah. it in everything that she's attitude.
0: doing. Yeah. She is. Yeah. Including, I bet in. you, yeah,
1: I bet you the, the peanut shells. I bet you that was her idea. Cause she's like, this is what I do when I'm at the table doing, <laughs> doing this sort of thing. Yeah. Like, you
0: know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, and so I, I, I just, I love this and I mm-hmm. love, when she's going over the the legalese with Peter when he's adamant about, about you know, getting signed up. Yeah. She's just kind of like looking him up and down uh, the entire time. Like, I cannot believe this kid is actually going to go through with this.
0: <laughs> right? Exactly. It's like that. Uh, um, so good. That look she's probably used to giving, like, you know, an actor who comes in and they just finished their first take and it's just terrible. And there's no way they'll be in this project she's casting for. And she's like. Okay, thank you for coming in or whatever. Like I, know just I something. Something.
2: Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um she's you know um you could tell like she probably doesn't care at all about this as a product. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, this, this person and like it's also like you could see you know, check-in girl. Like that could be anybody. Yeah. And and I think like there's really boring ways to play it. Like just like a like a bored girl who's just like chewing gum and right uh, and you know filling out the stuff. But like this feels like you know it's like she doesn't particularly care about this. This is a job. She was, like a real person. And it's like m- maybe like she got this gig because she's somebody's cousin and they're like, mm-hmm. hey, we need somebody here to you know fill out the paperwork and stuff. And you did a little bit of that uh, you know a couple years back, right? And she's like, right. yeah, I could do that. And right. like shows up and does this thing and like doesn't necessarily care for the crowd or whatever but she's just like you know putting in the work but she's been around enough to know that this kid is not going to survive this (laughs)
0: thing (laughs) right (laughs) yeah there's just something you can almost hear her thinking of all the other things she would rather be doing with her time or like what Mm -hmm. what her plans for the future are in this moment where she's like i'm going to shift into this lower gear while i go on autopilot and give you all of the uh you know, the, the warning legalese while I mm-hmm. drift off and like, God, what am I going to make for dinner later or something? It's just, it, <laughs> it's one of those moments in the movie, like the side characters that could so easily be a throwaway thing, but they come, become sort of um, brain sticky in your mind. I got to come up with a better term for that.
1: Well, but uh, And, and that's the, yeah. uh, and, and that's like the, that's, that's the nice. thing we were talking about uh, was it yesterday when we were uh-huh. talking about, you know, um, bone saws lines of dialogue. Like he really only has sort of like two or three lines, and they're all very memorable. Yeah. And I feel like this is another like minor, very easily forgettable role that isn't because they cast someone that elevates it to a level that the the role honestly the role doesn't even really deserve. You know, (laughs) you know, and and they they give it to Octavia Spencer and she just turns it into this incredibly memorable role where, you know, when I was revisiting this movie for the first time in in years, um, a couple of years ago. The first time I would have recognized Octavia Spencer, I remember I was getting to this and I was just thinking about the ah, the lady that calls him small fry. I can't wait for that. And then she shows up I'm like Octavia Spencer. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Of course, it's Octavia Spencer, because that is way too much of a memorable line and memorable performance for it not to be someone we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, gosh, she's just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I love this movie. You guys, I don't know if that's been <laughs> yeah. clear yet, but I really like this.
1: Movie. I I I don't know who's the casting director on these movies because they just they so knocked it out of the park Absolutely. on everybody.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um
1: and, and, and you know, from every role, just you know, from check-in girl to Peter Parker himself, uh it just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, like Randy, yeah.
2: Randy Savage isn't even like like the obvious choice or anything like i just Mm -hmm. it's a very inspired choice that he's the right age that like he would be in this sort of like podunk kind of like second third rate wrestling production Mm -hmm. at this age and then like as a persona so huge so like you need somebody who's very intimidating but also is believable and isn't going to necessarily be like the top guy in WWE right this minute. You need somebody mm-hmm. who's a little bit over the hill and he's just pitch perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's great. Um, so, so speaking of, uh, the casting of the movie, uh-huh. uh, I'm curious since we're, we're, we're near the end of our time with you, of our, of our three minutes, unfortunately <laughs> you will not be getting your $3,000 uh, <laughs> as promised, but, um, I am, I am curious, like, how do you feel about, you know, our, our four leads in this, in this film? You know, Toby, uh, Toby, Kristen, uh, 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 Franco and, uh. Yeah, Franco and, uh, Defoe.
2: Defoe, okay, um, let's see, uh, I think, let's see, I've never been a huge fan of, of Toby's Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He works. I think he works as Peter. Um, but I think, and just just in in the years since, I think um, actually, I I I think I'm maybe I'm in uh, in the minority in in liking Andrew Garfield's Spider Man, but mm-hmm. I I like his Spider Man less so his Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then
1: as, as we'll as we'll talk about when we get to Amazing Spider Man, right. the Amazing Spider Man movies. They basically just take these movies and flip them on, like flip them and do the exact opposite <laughs> yeah. of, of everything yeah. these movies did. So All like right. everything that these movies may have get, gotten wrong about like Spider-Man in the grand scheme of iconography, Spider-Man, um, everything that these movies got wrong, those movies got right, but everything that th- this movie got right those movies got wrong and so they neither of them like (laughs) totally hit the iconography right like entirely um these i think these movies just in general are more iconic because of what they represented to superhero cinema uh at the time yeah Mm -hmm.
2: how
1: they changed
2: the landscape yeah And and i just just to just to round that out i would say that like tom holland i think is um kind of perfect
0: Yeah, I mean we we've
2: only seen a little bit of him, but what we did get so far in uh, Civil War, I thought was yeah uh, to use another adjective spectacular. Yeah, (laughs) it's
1: It's hard not to. They're really all taken. All of the adjectives (laughs) are taken. So
2: so good though. I I think, and he's like the perfect age for it, and um, Mm -hmm. just just spot on. Um, Let's see. Uh, So Willem Dafoe. Fantastic. Uh, I think there are some times where I wish he would say no to a project um, and spend (laughs) his his time a little better uh, elsewhere. But um, I think perfect Norman Osborn is he can be really charming and sinister and he can also really chew the scenery. And Mm -hmm. I think he put everything into that Green Goblin stuff. And it was just that costume that just kind of, yeah. you know, lets it down a bit. I, I I don't I wouldn't really change any of his performance. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't tone it down. I just I think the the voice is perfect for the goblin persona right. and I yes. and just in terms of writing and just pure performance, I love his stuff with uh, with all the mirrors. Um and just oh, yeah. like and speaking to the masks uh, in uh, in in his apartment. Um I think it's uh terrific stuff. Um and a lot more a lot more thought went into that than just the design of the you know green power ranger goblin sure. um yeah. it's it's so it's a, it's a little you know sticky there um and uh, i really like uh james franco um i think he's a good choice here i think it's interesting because you usually think of of um of harry as nebbish even comparative or relative to peter. peter
1: yeah right yeah because the, the the argument in, in the, the comics yeah in the comics and, and, yeah
2: and so yeah here it, was, it's a, cause he,
1: it was always that like he is he's worse than peter but he's rich so he gets the popular friends right um, right and th- so th- that here was here, always like, you would the argument he would
2: be a popular kid but right. like he's got such a chip on his shoulder because of his dad the way yeah. it's played and just um, his very idiosyncratic choices that he makes as an actor in general. Uh um, I thought was really interesting and just have this guy who just for whatever reason can't um, find friends or like relate to anybody his age latching on to Peter because he sees something in Peter that a lot of other kids their age don't see. And it it just, that chemistry was really interesting to me. And in a different film, they could have done even a little bit more with, but um, I thought that was, that was a neat choice. And, um, and I even liked, you know, his stuff going into three um, and just shades of, of his dad and being just caught in his shadow. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I really like that about this trilogy.
1: Yeah.
2: And, uh, and Dunst. Oh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, So let's see. I, you know, I think as the, as the movies go on and going into um, Spider Man Two, the idea of her as she's doing okay as an actress, but she's maybe not the best actress, mm-hmm. and making her a little bit, and then like the the stuff that they seed here um, with her troubled background and the stuff with her dad. Um, I feel that stuff really works. And that's not necessarily where I go to in my head for MJ as yeah. a character, yeah. but like for this particular character, it, I think there's some interesting stuff there Yeah. and there's a little bit more to do than just be the damsel. Although so many of these movies, they have, they start from a really interesting foundation and a lot of stuff to work with as a character. And then, uh, and I think it's true of, um, emma stone's character in the amazing trilogy or duology where she um she starts from a really strong place and then ends up because they're going with the source material forced into these archetypical damsel Mm -hmm. positions and you're like well why do you have to do that like i know that's where you're coming from but like this character is so much more and has so much more dimension on screen Why do you have to keep sticking to all the beats of the source material? You shouldn't be so beholden to that. And so I think, you know, Kirsten Dunst isn't my favorite actress, but I think there's something here. And I think there is a a chemistry, a a very interesting chemistry going on. Um, And it's kind of interesting making MJ not like the perfect starlet, you know, where it's like clearly like Peter is, you know, playing out of his ball field. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. And whereas here she's got,
2: you know, he's got these damaged people in his life. And yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah they're, all, they're all
1: they're all sort of, of they're all sort of reflections of him mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. You know, mm-hmm. like all of his friends, like his the little the little trinity of, of friendship, um they all sort of have that Parker luck. Uh, to a certain extent, you know, yeah. uh, you know, with Harry, with his father and, and MJ with her career, um, they both have problems, yeah. uh, in a way that, and, and I, and I think that it, it allows for Peter as a character to sort of, you know, it, 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 it causes that, that problem with him where he wants to help them, but he but he can't because yeah. of the Spider-Man thing. Yeah. And it's, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's good. I, I i like it. I think they do a really good job of portraying um, those three characters uh, in a way that um, shows like why they're good for each other, but also why they're bad for each other. And they all just sort of uh each other uh, dramatically, I think, and narratively.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, yeah. it's a good fit, even if it's not, exactly what we were expecting from the comics. It mm-hmm. is a very good fit for this story in this format um, that we were going for. Uh, the, the ways that the um, the drama is supportive of, uh, of the emotional stakes and everything that those characters, these versions of these characters are right for each other. Um, mm-hmm. They they wouldn't be right in a different uh, take on that. Yeah,
2: movie. I like that they're not, like, the first names, even of this period. Like, they're not the first names that you would think of for these roles. Right. And, I mean, just, and, like, imagine if we'd gotten the Jim Cameron version with Leonardo DiCaprio and, like, how right. tone-deaf and awful that would be. This, <laughs> right. even yeah. in, in moments that don't necessarily feel true to whatever image I had in my mind, it's usually for good reason. And yeah. they're sort of, like, out-of-left-field choices and that makes it more interesting. And why adapt mm-hmm. something just to make a one-to-one translation? Mm-hmm. It's not a yeah. translation. It's an adaptation. And you have to, you know, change things to suit the the medium. And not just the medium, but the, you know, the vision of the, you know, the creative team involved. And yeah. so do something a little bit different. Um, and this is definitely a very Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. Well thanks uh thanks so much for for joining us uh Paul. Uh this, this was a blast. Been... Thank you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um you were definitely the right choice for these minutes. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> I could not have
2: picked uh, three better minutes uh to talk uh about than uh, than these. So thank you very much for for signing me these. Yeah. Well.
1: Um, so before you go, uh, why don't you tell everybody? Uh, remind them uh, about Fuzzy Typewriter. So uh, sure. Now that you're not on here, they can they can go find you uh, okay. somewhere
2: else. Yeah. You can find me um, blathering about politics usually and story on uh, at, on Twitter at Fuzzy Typewriter. All one word, no underscores. Um, no, I won't tell you what it means. Um, it's it's <laughs> it's up to interpretation. But. Um, uh, also the fuzzy typewriter podcast which is um sort of relaunching in earnest you can find it on itunes we've talked about um the uh s-town podcast sort mm. of our first bonus episode with my buddy such brett a white good
1: episode such uh, a good episode thank you
2: um yeah so talking about uh s-town from the makers of uh this american life and Serial, um which is just um if you've if you've listened to s-town uh you know it's it's going to touch you in a, in a very real way and uh had, had a great fun talking about that. And then uh, also we did episodes on Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, mm-hmm. and Alien Covenant. So two very different, um, well, <laughs> two cosmic films, but yeah. uh, very different reactions to them. Sure. Uh, and that's along with my, uh, my co-writer and, uh, and stalwart co-host, my, uh, my Sancho, um, <laughs> David Acampo. Uh, we're writing uh, The Margins together, which is a graphic novel uh, with art by Amanda Donahue coming out uh, next year. So look for that. Awesome.
1: All right. Uh, and, of course, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another minute. In the meantime, uh, if there are other movies that you are curious, are they are they in the Movies by Minute uh, format? Go check moviesbyminutes.com. I, I think there's over 50 Movies by Minute podcast now, Uh, so go check that out, as well as, um, you know, in August, uh, there's going to be uh, the Movies by Minute Chicago, which is a uh, Movies by Minutes uh, sort of meetup and live show uh, where my other Movies by Minutes podcast, uh, Back to the Future Minute, will be having its series finale uh, live in Chicago, where we're covering uh, Back to the Future, The Ride. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, so go check that out. And, uh, if you're, if you're in the Chicago area or are looking for an excuse to go to Chicago, uh, maybe buy tickets to that and, uh, come, that'll be a lot of fun. So, um, so go check that out. That's all at, uh, movies by minutes dot com and uh i believe that's august 26th in chicago so uh go check that out and we'll i be thought back you were long. literally
2: pitching like a minute by minute podcast of the film chicago based on <laughs> oh,
1: no 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 no, <laughs> no I mean,
2: that's a sort of a choice but okay
1: yeah yeah that would be definitely a choice
2: Well, you know it'd be good Bubba hotep I'm <laughs> game, well. good. Yeah, Bubba hotep be- minute
1: That was right. That was right around this time too. That was this Bruce Campbell.
2: That was a cool Um, movie.
1: All right. Well, we will be back with minute thirty-nine tomorrow. Bye, guys.
2: Bye. Bye.